All right, so this is going to be our first episode of Jive as Alien. It's going to be me, Tony, Tony Shaba, because I like to hide my identity, with my friend Beth. Hi, I'm Beth. Uh, I'm assuming you're, and I'm assuming that's short for Macbeth, right? Macbeth? Yeah, Macbeth. <laughs> Not quite, but okay, okay, we'll go with that. Well, then I, that's one thing I really don't know about my friend Beth. So, just going to be us trying to introduce ourselves and then uh, just get silly with it. So, let's see how it goes. Beth, so my good friend Beth, how, how long have we known each other? How many years? Oh, God. Let's see. We worked with each other for what, two years? And that was four years ago. So about oh. six years. Are you serious? I legit didn't think it'd be that long. Well, Lily's four, and we stopped working to each, with each other when I had her. That's so. right. Yeah, that's right. So. And we worked together for about two years, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And I kind of wouldn't even really have considered, you know, you've been to my nephew's birthday parties a couple years ago or invited to and vice versa for Lily's birthday since the first birthday, right? Well, I wasn't to the baby shower. Yeah, you were, you came to the baby shower even. Okay. But, um, her most recent birthday is the only one you actually came to. <laughs> and I didn't have a kid with me and yeah. But that, you have a reason because your sister's birthday is like, what, two days after Lily's? So you always celebrate the same day or something like that? No, it's... No, it was just, I have no clue really why I decided to go. But it, I've been kind of a little bummed out. I've been doing a lot better, you know. Okay, so it's going to jump all over the place. But it's, I've battled with depression more than half of my life. Like since, you know, before middle school. I was more, I could almost pinpoint the day now. And so I always kind of struggle with that. And once in a while I go through these lows. And I've been doing a lot of work as far as sort of um, getting more affirmed with myself. That's kind of why I'm trying to find out, like, what what is my idea? When people say, like, what is your problem? You know, I I don't have many. How often have you thought with anything I've said or texted or whatever called where you just go like, "What is wrong with you?" Like, oh god, all the time. But for some reason, <laughs> you still like pick up the call next time or invite me to your kid's birthday party. You know, where if somebody just kind of textbook looking at that, I kind of wouldn't belong. Correct? Like, I didn't have a kid with me. I'm sitting there, I, you know, for no real reason. I'm wearing mutton chops now. I'm sporting these mutton chops, and you know, I'm bald headed and stuff. But it's just. It always kind of surprises me. Like, my best friend, I've known him over 10 years now, worked at a pharmacy, and when he left, I took over his job. And, and he was like that, like, hey, can I get your number? And I was like, for what? And it's like, you know, well, we could hang out sometimes. And I gave him my number thinking, like, I'm never going to see this guy again. But for some reason, I just didn't. So that's kind of once in a while I think about why do people even bother having me in their life? Because there's a ton of people that will cut me out of their life. Or I'm one of those, if you cross me once or something, I don't forgive nothing. I don't forget nothing. Like, I might just, it's not a big enough deal for me to pass it on. But for some reason, I remember, you know, when like, I got fired from that job that we worked at, they were like, or, or you were like, you know, keep in touch. And I was like, okay, but like, for what, really? But it's someone, you still, you know, we still talk. Every dumb thing I've said, you've never been disgusted. You never had a moment where you felt like, all right, this dude never, like, you know, caused or, or says something dumb. Or if I just lose touch with him, it'd be fine or nothing like that. No. I enjoy talking to you. You're actually, even though you don't think so, you're quite entertaining. <laughs> and, th and that's my biggest problem myself. Like one big thing I remember, we have this sort of sibling relationship where mm -hmm. you totally say that I remind you a lot like your brother. And my immediate thought was like, poor guy. I mean, I hope he's 
better socially adept than I am because I, you know, I go from introvert. I'm very extreme. Like my musical taste, you know, I like my music loud. I like my cars where I could take off. But I, I like to think of myself as controlled chaos. You know, that's mm. the way I, I've always sort of, man. And but that's the problem that I won't, I won't accept anything less. So I'm one of those. I want. 100% success, anything less is, is, a, is a detriment. And, and that's terrible for somebody with anxiety and depression. But that's just like, oh, well, it's like somehow I make it work in you know, controlled chaos. And I always feel that way. But so like for you, get more background of you. Um, so we're both here in Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. That's where we, we you know, met at the workplace. I was your manager there. But so were you born here in Fresno? Yeah, I was born here. I've, with the exception of about four years, I've lived here my whole life. Uh, where'd you move to or where'd you move go? Um, when my mom, when my parents divorced when I was in junior junior high, early high school, okay. um, 13, 14, I got 15. flipped all around, you know, went to Visalia because that's where my stepdad was. And then we went to Napa because my stepdad got a job in Napa. And then oh. we came back to Fresno because my mom missed all of our family. All of our family was here in Fresno. Yeah. And, um. Pretty much when we came back to Fresno, my senior year of high school, I've been here ever since. Okay. With, well, Fresno Clovis. Same thing, basically. Yeah, Fresno <laughs> Clovis, yeah. But yeah, um, spent most of my life here. All my family's here. It's the Fresno curse. You're born here. You're going to die here. <laughs> yeah, I had um, in college, um, I went for business administration, and one of my classes was business law. And our teacher was really cool. I really liked his style, but um, I don't can't remember if he was from Fireball or something. But he he's flat out told the class, you know, he, he asked like who was born here and, and you know moved from somewhere, and he says like there's like a 95 percent chance you're never gonna leave Fresno. And I mean, I thought it was depressing as heck because this was years ago, so I was only a couple years into you know the Fresno life, and that was actually like a year before we met. Actually, you know what? Actually, the manager. Well, that's how we met, right? Because now I just remember. But so one of the managers. At one of the other, we're not gonna name those, of course. I don't yeah, yeah. credit because like, we're we're both don't work there. You know, worked there for a couple of years, but it just it just it was a job. You know, it wasn't like it. It's one of those I learned this. Or I heard this last year and a half where you're gonna go through defining moments, but don't let those moments define you. And so I really That's take. Good. I write stuff all the time, and which is why I done that. I don't have tattoos, but and you know, it, that's why it's kind of hard to kind of start up from my childhood, but. I jump out all all over the place. You know, I was born in Los Angeles, South Central LA. That was where, where I was born, and um, we moved a couple blocks away. So I lived at that house um, for it was just me and my sister, I guess, maybe a couple years old. I always mess up the timeline. I think I was maybe in first grade or something when we moved away, but uh, that's where my other two sisters came aboard and we, and we lived. And so there was a lot of stuff that growing up I was always kind of ashamed of, or always try to hide, or always try to kind of keep away. And so that's why I've always kind of felt alienated, like I'm. Even to the, even though my maturity level is obviously you know lies, but I've always felt more <laughs> mature than ever. You know, I was the one in like elementary school where I would talk to girls, and you know, in a friendly way, not necessarily like you know, trying to like to get with them or other. But I kind of thought like I had a girlfriend like in kindergarten, and it was one. Of, I was always sort of mature. Like I never was one of those that I just you know in high school I'd see these dudes acting like clowns or just I could joke around too, but so, you know they act like clowns, and I always thought like what is wrong with you guys? But I always felt like. I should have been wearing a suit and tie or something. I don't know. I just, nothing ever fit. Like, when, you know, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, and which that's one of the big go through this podcast. I'm going to get you to watch Seinfeld. No, no you're not. <laughs> you're no, like, you're try not. is a very relative word. But um, 
so I remember watching, you know, we used to hang out, and this is how much of a cool kid I was, like middle school, high school. We'd stand around like on our breaks and lunchtime, and we talk about The Simpsons a lot. That's that's one big connection we have, Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, you know, to this day, I still absolutely positive that like seventy five percent of what I know, as far as the world goes, I learned from The Simpsons. And it's and the good thing they do a lot of fact checking, and you know, we both kick throw trivia back and forth. I still want to one day want to play what a trivial pursuit you have. I have a Simpsons scene it and two other just Simpsons trivia games. Yeah, like I've always been tempted to play because I think you say you and your brother are pretty close, like as far as you know scoring. And I would, I would love to test my medal, even though I don't think. But I'm I've that always good. won. Except oh wow! For, except for one time, my brother won against me one time, and oh, he, he never let you live it. And never let me live it down. <laughs> and he didn't even like try to you know quit on top or just like all right, that's it, we're never playing again or whatever. That's <laughs> no, the cowardly well, move I would do. But, you know, I, I don't think we've played since that one. <laughs> that he won? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's funny. But but I think that's more um, child-related than, you know, being petty. Cause Just busy he, life going out and being... That, and it was around the time Lily was getting more mobile and learning to grab things. Oh, so okay. So board games weren't really something we could do anymore. She does the rage quit without even trying to play it. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's kind of... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've always wanted, like, I'd be, like, oh, that'd be kind of cool to play. And then, then I was like, I, I don't know. It depends on my mood. I'm either in the mood where, like, yeah, I'm, it's just a game. But when it comes, it's SimSim, so it's, like, I'm more competitive, you know. So anyway, so when I was, like, middle schoolish, I remember watching Seinfeld as it aired, you know, late 90s. And I remember watching the last episode. But it's, so it's one of those things in school. I felt, like, embarrassed to talk to my friend, which it makes no sense. I don't know why. If I just thought it didn't, it didn't appeal to, like, the kid. Never mind the... The inner city kid, you know, because I was, oh, see, there I jumped in. So I moved to the house with my other two sisters. And one of the things that I was always kind of embarrassed about was at that place, we lived behind. It was, they're all tiny homes in South Central and stuff. But mm-hmm. it was a garage that my dad converted to, like, one-bedroom home. Mm-hmm. And so it was five of us in that garage. And then later my sister was, and so I was always embarrassed to, you know, I never had any friends over because, you know, it's like, um, let's go hang out in my garage. But I mean, he he built on it, and we had a kitchen and a bathroom that was built around the place, and it was it was decent. Looking back on it, especially you know, I tend to fight with my dad a lot, but I have a lot of pride with what he could do with his hands. And so we lived there for a while, and then we moved to um, Southgate, different city, twenty minutes away, and that's where I sort of like started going out with friends and talk about that stuff. And with stuff like Seinfeld, it was almost I was embarrassed. So that's kind of one where even though they were my friends and you know we'd hang out, I always felt alien. Like I didn't. They can never know my my true 100% thing. And then it's only a few years ago where I started sort of not being so petty as far as differentiating where, like, I have my work life, my home life, and then my friend life. I never wanted them to intersect, you know. So before I would have been nervous of having you over or something because, like, no, I don't want you to see something and make up that image of me. But, you know, the last couple of years, like, I don't really care. And, I mean, you've probably seen worse of me than, than I've been able to show. Like, I have one memory that I think about a lot where – I can't remember what it was at work. You know, we always kind of rag back and forth. But maybe you were having a bad year or something. But I always felt guilty after that. Where I did, I kept saying something or doing something, just nagging you. And I mean, you just shut down. Do you remember that incident? I think I was just get you were too much then. Well, you were under a lot of pressure from work, and you just were always, you know, it's always something. It's always something. I just got tired of hearing you say, "There's always something." So, so it was, it was, was mainly like. like it wasn't nothing like, per- I thought it was personal. I thought like I was doing something, picking on you and nagging on you. And I just thought like. 
No, no, it wasn't anything personal. It was just like, you know, you, you keep saying that, but it's not changing anything. Will, will, you, will you go outside and clean something? For just get away from me for my last hour, half hour before I leave. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was, you didn't hurt my feelings or anything like that. It's just, you know, I can only listen to so much complaining in one day. But I feel like you've heard me complain so much, especially like relationship, wannabe relationship stuff. Like so much of that. And I've never gotten that feeling to that one time where I feel like, I was piling on or something. And I remember, you know, I, I had to take a step back and I was like, wait a minute, like this is, you know, I don't think we were really chummy that time. You know, we were just working, but we had a good relation, enough relationship. But I remember thinking like, why am I doing this? Of all the people here in this place, this is the only one that kind of doesn't like shush me away, you know? So like, why would I do that? And so I felt real bad. And that was the one that I remember that started my my love for like terrible Photoshop. Because I remember <laughs> I, felt, I felt guilty. And so I, I went out of my way to get our picture off like the corporate website. I started like photoshopping me in like these weird situations, like. Uh, oh, I remember those. Yeah, <laughs> I so, still have those somewhere. <laughs> well, it was just so yeah. We still, you know, so we worked together what three days out of the week, something like that. Yeah. And yeah. then a day and a half together, and then like um, me by myself two days or something, and you by yourself two days, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And so we'd always kind of you know the days where I work by myself, I leave you notes of like, hey, watch out for this creepy dude in the hallway because you know he. He's not moving or something, or like uh, if the flies start, you know, just tell me to get rid of corpse, whatever it was, you know, and and vice versa, you you do that for me, and so on that day, like I just felt real bad, and so you know, I think that I wasn't gonna be gone or something, so I put, and I did that, so I did a Photoshop, like here's me getting my comeuppance, kind of like it was me, a kid getting like um, and they were all terrible because I love because my face is all serious and the body's like it was a kid flying on a on the hood of a car. And it was favorite, a guy on fire. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the Pink Floyd album, but it was yeah. like a guy like like on fire, and it was um of course the the Hans moment, you know, <laughs> a guy getting hit in the crotch by football. <laughs> yeah, so it was just as Mia saying like, I don't know if it was. I didn't think of it that much that time, but me kind of humbling myself, you know, it was almost like, look, I was being. A, it's my way of apologizing because I can't. That then I couldn't be direct and be like, hey, I was messed up, Beth, and I apologize. But it was my way of saying like. Hey, I'm a jerk ass and I know it, so be, feel free to you know, call me a jerk ass. And so that's kind of, so that's one of those that misinterpreted. So I always kind of have that weird feeling where my whole thing is I'm just trying to get comfortable in my own skin. You know, there's one of those where there's so many times where I'd be somewhere and maybe somebody's looking my way and, you know, maybe it's a little pretty girl that I, that I you know, I think like, oh, she's cute or something. And I start thinking like, I really want to go up to her and just be like, what are you, why are you looking at me for? But it, it seemed like it'd be too confrontational. He's like, Hey, what's your deal? Why are you looking at me? And it's like, well, I just think you're cute. Like, well, fine, let's go out. And it's like, well, no, I got a boyfriend. Like, well, then just wasting my time, you know, because I can't make sense of myself. You know, I get more, I stop battling myself because growing up, you know, I emulated my dad. I want to be like my dad. I wanted to beat him, actually. Like, I remember, like, in middle school, we used to have, like, little arm wrestling contests, my little puny noodle arms. And, of course, he just stomped me. He walked away by my head. I was like, I'm going to beat your ass one day, old man. And it kind of, and so as I got older, you know, I'd work out and, a little bigger whatever but by the time i hit that age like maybe 18 i remember just kind of looking at him and by that time he was kind of you know he wasn't as strong or you know, i was bigger than him and stuff and i was just like kind of like, yeah so that whole you know i wasted that instead of trying to bond with him or something but you know we i'll go through his trials throughout the, the episodes but so i always want to emulate him but then you know, i kind of fell away where i like i i loathe him and so i wanted to fight him I wanted to fight even now like my style i don't know where i got this from might have been my cousin um i had a cousin who i most of my life my youth I was really close with. I don't know if I talked to you that much about him, but I, we got schizophrenia. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his 18 or so, it kind of just came out of nowhere. And by that time, you know, um, so I lived in Southgate for a while, for like three years. And looking back, you know, that's kind of where, where kids are kind of becoming their identity or what have you. Uh, I took uh, my, um, not junior year, freshman year in, in high school in, in L.A., Southgate, Paramount area. And I was trying to almost get to come from my, my uh, personality, my identity, whatever. And I had this um, this girl that I started talking to, and you know, I walked her home the last day of school, and I remember being so excited because it's like we're gonna be, you're gonna be hanging out, and by the end of the summer she'll be my girlfriend or whatever. And within two weeks of the summer vacation, or whatever, unbeknownst to me, my dad had gone out to Oregon because he used to kind of just you know, where's your dad? I don't know, he's gone. So we just he just disappeared on us. I mean, he didn't leave us high and dry, but you know, he's the the breadwinner. You know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom, and I always kind of had resentment for her for a while, but. She was she was a rock, you know. She built she raised four rambunctious kids. Um, I'm the oldest, the only boy. And I have three younger sisters, and you know she put up with a lot of my crap. And uh, so around third grade, um, when my young sister was born, 1992, I think. Um, so we lived in L.A. and up here, Sanger, another close by town. My dad, his only living brother, flesh and blood, lived there, and we came up. We used to come visit once in a while, but we came up and. I didn't realize at that time, but I was the only one that had my suitcase, and I had like my five changes of clothes. Like I had, I had two pairs of pants and three shirts, basically. I hope I had more than one underwear, but so I was the only one that had my luggage or whatever. And so we're there, and I still don't even know what. That's I'll tell you what of a dumb kid I am, but you know we sign up for school and everything, right? So this is elementary school, and for whatever reason it was kind of like I, I can't remember which show I saw this one, but I imagined where it went like this, where we're all lining up to get ready into the van. He's like, all right, everybody coming back home to L.A., step forward. And then, you know, he puts his hand on my face like, not so fast. You know, it was kind of like, <laughs> okay. So I was basically like unceremoniously just left behind. And so that's kind of where I started uh, drifting away from my family. I don't know if I ever talked to you about that kind of stuff. but And so I have real abandonment issues now. You know, when people like stop talking to me, I go like, well, then I didn't want to talk to you anyway. And so that's why I'll stop talking to you. <laughs> don't text me. Don't respond. No big deal. It's not your fault. It's something wrong with me. And so that's kind of me trying to figure out that. Maybe it's not nothing wrong with me. So I had that alienation, and, and I resented my family. I completely loathed my youngest sister. And my mom didn't make this better by years later because I would pick on her all the time. And she said, like, hey, you know, be nice to your sister because around, before the, she was born, your dad was thinking of leaving us. And so I was kind of like, oh, that's great. Now now I hate her even more because the only the only thing holding this giant ship afloat was, like, my little sister, you know, it, it I don't know how you would expect me to take that any other way than like, you know, then the hell with her. But so I had a lot of resentment issues. And so that's kind of where I started becoming very independent. You know, I started becoming very on my own. So on that, you know, I got the best of that thing. So, well, so what about you? How was your relationship with, how many siblings do you have? I just have one older brother. One older brother. Yeah. And uh, basically like any other older brother, we fought like cats and dogs till about 20 years old and after that we were able to get along <laughs> grow up just grow, grow up, up. Yeah. your mom always said that a lot like grow up you two <laughs> so, like how how much older is he I mean, he's about almost three years older just a little less so it's not, it's not like a, a generational gap or nothing no 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 he's a uh, about two years nine months older than me so Old enough to where, you know, I wanted to be like older brother, wanted yeah. to go everywhere with him. And you're just my annoying little sister. Get away from me. <laughs> I want to play with you guys and I want to. Well, so like one thing, you know, 
another kind of thing, slightly Bono, but I don't, I'm not going to say you're big into video games, but you, you enjoy video games. You're a big Zelda fan. You got mm-hmm. like Zelda mm-hmm. tattoos. So where did that kind of come from? Like that, I'm always been I'm Legend always, of Zelda or just gaming in general? Uh, I guess just Zelda. Why Zelda? Like of all the games, why Zelda? Is... Well, you see, if you'd ever played Zelda, you would know the answer. To... <laughs> like if you have to ask about <laughs> Zelda, then you do not play Zelda. It's just, it's a really fun game. Uh, the first Zelda Sorry. game I played was Ocarina of Time, and that one was okay. a masterpiece. Yeah, it's a lot. Of, the game was just a lot of fun, and I've replayed it so many times, and it's probably my number one go-to whenever I want to just play a Zelda game. You still <clears> have <throat> one? You still have it? Yeah, I have it. I have a, a GameCube version, you know, tiny little GameCube discs, yeah. and I could play it on my Wii. I don't have any of the new consoles, like you know the wii u or the switch or anything yeah. like that so people hear me talk about the wii they're like dude that was like what like 10 years ago yeah like <laughs> i forget what you, i've always been i kind of flip and i have no idea what but because i didn't really grow up with game i remember i had a nintendo growing up and i had an older cousin which was a my uncle in sanger was his kid and that's the last time i ever saw him like 30 something years ago maybe 30 years ago and um i remember we we playing it and do you remember in the Mario, the first Mario, there's like a little cheat or something where, I can't remember what level, but where you bounce the shell and you get like a ton of points or something. Mm-hmm. You get a ton of health. I can never, even to this day, I cannot duplicate it. Me neither. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, good. I thought it was, I see all these stuff and people are like, oh, it's so easy. And it, so anyway, he did it and that kind of stuff like, oh, you get it all. And so my, my cousin, my best friend, they were a little better off than we were in our family because both uh, parents worked. Like I said, my mom was a um, stay-at-home mom. She up with all our crap 100% of the time she's the one that took us to school for all that stuff another kind of quick thing so that's where I started kind of becoming more of a so I you know started kind of resenting my family started being independent I, they finally brought me back you know I wasn't even there for a year that's where I sort of started like my identity started kind of taking a dark turn I guess like I, I still remember in so I was in Sanger and it was at elementary school and if that kid's listening I apologize no I don't really care but it was this kid that was like kind of a bully you know <laughs> always got it got his way and i was always no i was always left alone i had a, a neighbor that was in high school or it was a friend of my aunt's who had the kid was in high school and his daughter was like either my grade or below and we were really close like i remember i, I was like in love with her kids are stupid you're not in love unless you're 16 you're not in love but like <laughs> even then it's questionable yeah, it's questionable but it, you could get it your hormones are raging now at this point mm-hmm. i don't even know why i like it but so you know, we were, I don't think we were kissing, but we were always kind of like playing around, whatever. But so he would walk us to school because the elementary school was on the way to high school. There's probably only one in, in Sanger, or at least at that time. But I remember, you know, a lot of times my aunt would walk me to their house and then they'd take us, or like from our block we'd go. But I still remember, like, we'd be walking and it's not like he'd be turning around doing the nice kid, like, hey, we'll see you guys later. But like, I mean, the minute we were out of sight, like, we turned the corner, he would beat the living lights out of me. And I would always be kind of confused, but it kind of maybe because of, you know, his sister or whatever, but he would beat me like relent. Like I would get pummeling. Like, I mean, I'd be limping to school and just, and it was like, I don't think it was every day, but I just remember I'd get the lights beat out and I never really said anything. And I was kind of whatever. So, but that's kind of where maybe I started maybe speaking up for myself. So my last day of that school, um, elementary school, I remember, um, it was it was the same kid because he was in high school. So it was a different kid. We we're playing soccer, and I hate soccer by the way. But playing soccer, and this kid was just mouthing off or whatever, and something just snapped, and I kicked the ball like with 
all the mighty little, you know, eight-year-old kid could uh, muster. And I remember I clocking him, like, right, like, square in his face and busted his nose. <laughs> and not only that, but I remember, like, I went over and I, uh, I got on top of him and, like, pummeled him. And I remember just, like, beating, like, it was just almost, something said, like, you know, we ain't taking this, this like, uh, I take no gruff from nobody, you know. <laughs> so I started beating and and, you know, dragged off to the principal's office. So in the principal's office, my dad showed up. You know, I guess they were visiting or whatever, because it would always happen the thing where he would come. They would come visit every couple weeks or something. And I still remember it, it always bugged me. But you know, the first couple of times I'd be like, "Is this it? Am I going home now?" And be like, "Yeah, yeah, we're going home." So after school, you know, my buddy's like, "Hey, come over." He used to have Super Nintendo. I remember we used to play Super Mario World. He's like, "Hey, come on over," and I'd be all excited, like, "Can't man, like, you know, you're not even my life anymore. No I'm going home." And I'd race home, and sure enough, the van was gone. And like, and I'd sit there, like, in the middle of the yard, and just get on my knee and cry and. My aunt would sit there and like, you know, well, whatever, and just let me cry it out. And this went on for, well, way too many times for me to be like, you know, it's not yet. So after that, they'd be like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then I remember when they had the baby, and I don't know if it was then or when we went back home, but, you know, she'd be in a crib, and I nobody was around, and I'd look at her, and I'd be like, I hate you. And I would straight out tell her, like, like I just had this hatred for her because it was not her fault. You know, she's a baby, <laughs> but it's almost like what she represented and stuff. And so anyway, that last time my dad picks me up and is like, well, all right, we're going home. And I'm just like, whatever, like, who cares? But so that's kind of how I, I went back to, to L.A. And so I was third grade, fourth grade, you know, fifth grade. I was always a pretty good kid. I'd get, like, really high grades. And one of my proudest achievements in fifth grade, I got on the honor roll. And it was like, you know, you're the best. You're the smartest kid in this whole school or whatever. And I remember they put me my name on a plaque. And it was, like, such a cool honor. Like, I'm, I'm legendary, you know. Like, you see the Hollywood <laughs> Walk of Fame. And you got Tom Hanks' name stamped down there. So now... You could, you know, I'm pretty much Tom Hanks, you know. I'm pretty, I'm the Tom Hanks of that elementary school. And I've even fantasized today to go back and see it, you know. So anyway, it was one of my proudest moments. And I remember being, maybe I thought it would happen or whatever. But I remember being up there on stage and they calling your name or whatever. And looking out in the audience and my dad wasn't there. Because, you know, he worked his butt off. Now, I, you know, I look back, he, he worked real hard for it. He fed a family of, of six, you know, in L.A. So it was like, that's pretty crazy. So now I got more respect for that. But at that time, you know, and so after that, I, my mom was there, but I always think my mom was there for like, you know, dental hygiene appreciation week. So it was kind of meaningless, you know, <laughs> she, she would show up regardless, like uh, whatever it was, my mom would be there. So I was like, who cares? But so my dad, you know, was there and that kind of bummed me out. And so fifth grade, sixth grade comes around. I went to Catholic school, which that can have been good for my um, well-being as far as uh, my identity and like. Hey, what's wrong? Like, uh, why does Saint feel that way? It's just whack. So, I was—I uh, remember I, I did get some legit ruler spankings by the the sister. You know, that's like one sister you don't want to have, but or Mother Superior—they call her Mother Superior or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I started getting into my identity, and we used to take a bus that would have uh, high school kids on it, which that would freak me out, you know, because I always felt small and little. And I, so around that age too, like fifth grade, I started becoming yeah, maybe fourth grade, I started getting chunky. And so before then, I was kind of like skinny. And so that always kind of, you know, just being not liking how I looked and being real self-conscious. I remember my best friend would always invite me to the to the uh, pool and I'd, I'd make tons of excuses. And he'd bring out like rows of um, of shorts for me to try. And I'd be like, uh, oh, they don't fit. They don't fit. Just I didn't want to go. And so by seventh and eighth grade, that's when my grades just started to sleep. And I just didn't care. I realized, you know, if my if I could get on the honor roll and it wouldn't appease my dad, like, why bother? You know, I always have this thing where two things I will never hear from my dad is that I love you and I'm proud of you. And it, now it's like, well, I don't need that kind of, you know, maybe introspective looking at you. So that's kind of how I will. So 
how about you, man? What as far as your schooling, like, because you I, I, you strike me as very smart. One, you have <laughs> you're the only person you're the only person I've seen have an actual physical book in their hands, you know, in the last ten years, which that's kind of amazing on its own. And you have a Kindle to boot, right? I, I actually prefer normal bar- books over Kindles. Yes, yeah. they're I don't know, they're easier to read for me. They're more. There's more substance to them, I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's just, you know, my romanticism for books. But um, my brother was always the smart one until he hit high school and made some bad choices. But uh, my brother was on the honor roll every single year. I never was. I always... How many perfect attendance certificates does he own? Perfect attendance? No, but... None? A lot lot of honor rolls. Okay. And... um, I was always squeaking by with B's and C's and Oh, that's that's you know. I mean middle school D's was my thing. Oh yeah, when I reached high school it got worse. Oh. <laughs> but I mean, you, but, you know, school. all teenagers, you know, want to blow off school and only the really weird ones with a lot of pressure from the parents are the ones that, you know, are looking forward to it. Or, or looking forward to it and like getting A's and B's and stuff like that. And then it goes the other way where like you have to meet that criteria, and so anything below that, you're just like, you know, existential crisis. You're just like... Yeah, I was never really driven by grades or anything like that. My parents never really, you know, busted a gasket over it. As long as I didn't bring home an F, I was good. D, I got a little bit of a lecture. You can do better. You're smarter than that. Stuff like that. But um, for the most part, you know, I I was an average kid. I was just average. But did you ever... So did you... Was it like you struggled in school or you just didn't like pay no mind? It was like, eh, I just got to get through this for you know, 10 years, whatever it is, and then I'm done. Yeah, that was basically my my thinking when I got to high school. It's like I'd see people going to like pep rallies and getting all into school spirit. Oh. And I'm like, why? I don't want to be here. Why the hell should I show school spirit? <laughs> well, yeah, it's like Stockholm Syndrome to me. <laughs> yeah, and you're there, you know, from eight roughly I don't know how the time. I keep hearing different stories nowadays with kids, but you go from eight to three thirty or something. Yeah, it's all different now than when we were in school. Well, and also changes with districts because I know mm-hmm. certain schools I went to were like the first schools. You know, it's just your grades, and I think you know. And so the sixth grade, every all sixth graders were in one class, so you know we're all about the same age, which is kind of cool, I guess. But you know, you gotta you can't accept certain because it was um. You have to, this is another thing that makes me like in awe of my dad with his, you know, single paycheck stuff, but we were construction like all his life where you have to pay tuition. It was a tuition school and it was three of us going there. And I, wow. if I remember like two fifty per kid and this is 1995, you know, and so like I'm sure he wasn't earning like maximum wage. Like He got paid pretty good, I guess, because remember that's why it's, I always have this weird. I guess that just adds to my confusion of who I am because it's like. I like the Simpsons interpretation where I feel we're, we were lower middle class. I think of that all the time. Like I feel like we we're lower middle class. We were poor, poor. Like, we had three vehicles, which, I mean, that's incredible because only my dad was the one driving, you know. But it always kind of struck me as odd. But then, you know, we lived in a garage type stuff. I don't know. It's just the more I try to unravel stuff, the more it just confuses me. But so you didn't, you know, did you go to college? I think. No, I never went to college. I didn't want to get into debt. <laughs> so I didn't go to college and uh, I basically as soon as I graduated high school I joined the workforce and just been working you know jobs nothing 
And you've resented that choice ever since, huh? No. Not working. (laughs) You're okay with working with everything you got? Well, so, because I remember we talked a little bit about it, but so we both met at the storage place where, how long were you working there before I started? Like, total, I guess. Oh, God. I got hired on there in 2011, I think. Mm. And Lily was born in 2016. 16, yeah. So five years I worked at that place. And how quickly did you just not want to work at that place? Within the first year? Well, within the first year, yeah. Um, If less than that. Um, Because I started out working at, you know, the different, the other location, the one you and I worked at. Yeah, on Blackstone. Yeah, we worked on Blackstone. I I started out at Shaw, and they had U-Haul. And working U-Haul was terrible absolutely terrible and i hated it so much and everyone always used to badmouth blackstone and like oh you don't want to go work there you know it's a terrible location you know just all this you know crap talking back blackstone i went there and then to cover when somebody quit or got fired or something like that i had to pick up the slack and um i was like this place is so much better because there's no u-haul here that's how much like because I so yeah. it was it wasn't like where we ran or the other shop or you know our company ran U-Haul but it was like integrated into so we had to sort of abide by U-Haul's rules kind of yeah as far know. as the rentals go but I remember um, one of the first times I was working there to to cover a shift um, I saw a U-Haul pull up to to go through the gates yeah and I was usually when I see a U-Haul pull up I used to just cringe it's like oh. I got to do U-Haul, you know, please let them just be dropping something off and take it back somewhere else. and Just smash through the storage or the office and just leave. Yeah. Anything, yeah. <laughs> so like I was, I was sitting at Blackstone and I saw a U-Haul pull up and I started to cringe and then I was like, wait, no U-Haul here. I don't have to do anything for them. <laughs> it was like a PTSD kind of, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, well, so, oh, because even, well, no, after you never really like had to work with both, mm-hmm. right? Like you, you only covered them once in a while. Um, there were certain times when, um, it, depending on the manager and their, uh, relief manager situation, it's like I'd work at both for extended periods of time, but usually once they got, you know, the hiring figured out and I'd go back to, to Shaw, that is until, uh, I got transferred to Blackstone as my home store, so... Uh, sorry, I had a little mic problems. Yeah. Technical difficulties. Please stand by. Maybe it's just too heavy. Maybe. Maybe if I put back a little bit. Talk splatter. You slide it up. Yeah. Edit. <laughs> well, you know, it's got more room in the back. That's better. Yeah. There we go. Sorry about that. Okay, and we're back. And I mean, that company was. So I remember that's kind of how how I got involved. I think so when I was going to that that college, and it was actually that class where that t- teacher was like, "You're gonna get stuck in Fresno," you know, basically. Mm-hmm. Where I met um one of the guys that w- was one of the co-managers, or whatever you called it, at the, the Shaw one. 
Yeah, he was well. The manager at Shaw, she she got hired on just by herself because they couldn't hire him. It, it was her boyfriend. Yeah, and they couldn't hire him right away because of certain reasons, and then they hired him later. But yeah, you became in contact with them, and that's how you kind of heard about the job, right? Yeah, because I met him. So he was in class, and I remember we one time. We wore the exact same shirt. We had like a checkered <laughs> black and white shirt. And I remember sitting in class and, you know, he sat, I don't know, a couple of rows. Because I'm a cool guy, so I sit in the back, you know, against the wall, whatever. And I remember like, you know, just listening to class and stuff. But I looked over and I was watching this guy. And I, and I saw his shirt and I was like, that shirt looks, not sort of like it looks good, but it's, something about it was just very familiar, I guess. And then I looked down and I'm wearing the exact, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was the same brand, but it's the exact same shirt. And I said, what in the heck? So I just never wore that shirt to that class. Because, you know, I, the way I had classes was Monday, Wednesday, Friday was one. Something like that. And so I never wore it to when I had a class. Just on the off chance I missed. So anyway, we took a trip to the Supreme Court in San Francisco. And we went on a bus. And I remember, you know, I don't talk to anybody. Rarely I would talk to kids because, well, because they were kids. I was like, what, my mid-20s? I just felt like an old man, you know. Never mind. So when I, the one way that I went to college, I went to the military um, I joined because I've always wanted to do it, even at a, at a high school. But the job that I was working at was just killing me. And oh yeah, I thought back when you said about that you were working there five years and that sort of resentment in your voice. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Uh, I pretty much feel where um, kind of the same way I, I got to the job and they gave me a pin, like a little tiny pin. When I I think when I completed three years, and I remember they gave me that pin and something happened to my soul where it just like bawled or it just it died. Something was just, it hit me. And I was like, I've been at this job for three years. And then like the last year, year and a half, I mean, I was drinking heavily. Like I'd get home and just crack a bottle. And I was drinking like a bottle of whiskey. Usually it was a whiskey. Like a night. Like I was just, just to kind of, I don't know, so much negative energy I had in me. Sometimes I would even sneak some at work. That's how bad it was. It's one of those when you could say, if you could do a job where you're drunk, you know, it's something's wrong there. But I would just completely end so, you know, alcoholics like to call it a moment of clarity. You know, I just kind of realized what I was doing to me. And I was like, what, what is the point? I was getting good money, but so what? You know, other than that, I always had this thing with jobs where you either, the people you work with are okay, but the work you have to do sucks or the customers suck or some variation thereof. You know, like maybe the people are really cool, but then the, the job works. So like at a storage place, you know, we had a lot of people that were pretty cool. You could get along with. They, they didn't give you issues. They didn't try to BS you. But then you'd have people that were like, like you know, if, if a bus hits you, I would not be too you know, sad about it. You know, <laughs> I mean, it sucks for you, but it, it just. <laughs> there were certain uh, customers we had there. It's like, why are you not dead yet? <laughs> well, yeah. And it goes back to, you know, for years now, celebrities and stuff that pass away and you think like. Of all the people to die, like, this should not be one of them, you know? So that's mm-hmm. when you think, mm-hmm. God is not an alternative rock fan or something. I don't know. <laughs> something like that. But No, he is an alternative rock fan. That's why he keeps taking them home with him. Oh, that's true, huh? <laughs> well, that's kind of my argument when people say, you know, I'm not going to get into religion. I'm trying to keep no, this no, kind of lighthearted. Let's, let's you know? not it's funny because yeah. I hear the same thing that you're not supposed to talk about on, like, uh, at the workplace or on first dates. It's like your sex life. Uh, which is easy because I don't have one, and um, politics. Politics definitely. You know, like uh, you know, tough issues like abortion, whatever, and something else. 
but for sure, you know, you don't talk about religion. Like that. Yeah, yeah, religion. There you go. Party religion. Um, but so it's one of those things where I think um, the reason I, I look forward to going to hell is because he's got all the dope music. You know? He's got all the metal. <laughs> <laughs> That's the type. I want my music loud. You know, I want I want it to to rock. So all right, so we work this storage, and so I met this dude. Speaking of rock, this is a good segue. But so we were on the bus to. Um, to San Francisco, the Supreme Court. I'm the cool guy. I got my headphones in. I have an MP3 player. For those who don't know, you know, now is your phone. But I still, I, I like, my, I got like six MP3 players. That's why I have a very old soul. Even when I was three years old, or three years old, three third grade, I always feel like I have that old soul. You know, mm-hmm. like um, you see, um, what's that guy that passed away from Playboy? Uh, Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Hugh Hefner, like the smoking jacket and the little pipe. Like I think that guy's got some class. You know, and the little loafer. So. Um, we were on the bus and I had my headphones on and, and he's walking and I've seen him too and I was like oh that is the guy that stole my shirt and he's talking to other people and I, I kind of didn't like him because he seemed like one of those that almost floats through life like he's one of those that always looks kind of worry free like you know he'd take his test or he'd ask questions and, and I'm one of those jerk jerkwads or at least maybe hopefully not anymore where he start kind of building this little um, profile for him you know what I mean mm. we got to do that in one of the episodes where remember I had that list of people at the at the um, <laughs> Storage where it was like a haiku almost, mm-hmm. and then I, I wrote them out, and then I'd ask you like, and then you you knew who it was like, oh that's so and so like cause yeah, they do this. I remember that. <laughs> and I almost feel like I picked that up in when I worked at the pharmacy, that job that I was drinking at, because my best friend now he's my best friend, but at that time that I worked with, he'd always do voices like he was a big uh, Family Guy fan, and I'm more of a well at least back then a South Park fan. I always think they're more smart or whatever, and so he would always do like voices, or he'd always tell me like. Hey, you ever notice how you know so and so does this? I'm like, no. And I'm like, you're talking about work. Why are you like work? I'm just here to you know punch in, punch out, and then forget about this place. You know, this doesn't define who I am. I'm not my job kind of deal. You know, mm-hmm. just a paycheck. But so after a while, I kind of noticed that, and so that that's what made it easier at the storage place where you know I would sort of pick up traits from people. Like you ever notice how they always do that? And you know, you knew most of those people a lot longer than I did. So you was like, oh yeah, that's so and so. They do this. They do that. <laughs> But, so, see, I already lost my track where I was. Um, oh, yeah, talking about it, uh, your friend. Yeah. The guy. So, that's how I got to the storage place where, so we were on the bus, and, you know, he's walking down the line, he's talking to, like, a bunch of people, like, you know, oh, what's, and I'm just like, look at this, this popular dude, you know, like, screw him. We wear the same shirts. What difference is between him and I that makes him more, uh, you know, affable, I guess. So, anyway, he comes by, and all the seats are kind of taken, set mine. He's like, hey, you want to sit here? And I'm already, I'm like, Oh, I really don't like this guy. I mean, it's my personal space. I got my leg up. You know, I'm, I'm doing the cool, cool dog McGraw thing. This sucks, man. But I'm like, yeah, whatever. And somehow we started talking. I don't know if he had like a Metallica shirt or something. But I remember. Oh, I remember. Yeah, he liked Metallica. That was his. Not even like he's a metal fan, but he loved Metallica. Yeah. Which I think we could go into that. But you used to like Metallica. I like old Metallica. What's okay? What's old Metallica? Where's the cutoff where you say no? Black album. No more Metallica after Black Album. So not load, no reload. And I think I fought you on this, but S&M? No. Metallica <laughs> with the you symphony? Can't see me, you can't see me shaking my head, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Do it on the oh, mic, man. No. I remember we had a conversation about this once, and I told you that I respect Metallica more as Giants fans than I do as musicians. <laughs> they are, all of them? All of them. Even Robert Trujillo, the, the younger... Uh, Oh, Jason Newstead's replacement? replacement. Yeah, that's how you call it. That's hilarious. Yeah, Cliff Burton 3.0, I guess. I, don't know. I can never. 
replace Coburn. No, I, but Jason Newstead did a great job. And this, the the guy after him, I just look at him and I was like, you're trying to look cool, but you just kind of look like a clown. To me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you know, when he got on board with early 2000s or something, um, he's kind of considered the... Uh, like the youngster, it's something I think I remember interviews. Like he he reinvigorated Metallica, or whatever. And I was like, this dude's got wrinkles, man. I mean, not to be a dirtbag, you know. And I'm definitely not no spring chicken, but it's like, dude, like for him to be the youngster in the group, and and they are old. I think I've seen clips of last couple of years. Lars, the drummer, hitting drums, and you're like, dude, you are out of your element. He man. he cannot keep a beat to save his life anymore. <laughs> After the Black Album, probably. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, isn't the argument of um, what album were basically they, they sort of muted Jason Newstead's bass lines? Was it the Black Album? I want to say it was the Black Album. I'm not sure. Because, yeah, didn't you hear just about that. that. Yeah. So it's the whole classic, well, they cut their hair so they suck type thing. And, and it's funny because one of my favorite, you know, Simpsons character, Otto, he's always <laughs> a big Metallica rules type stuff, you know. Like so you you focus on the Metallica rules. I focus on the Zeppelin rules. Oh, he does do Zeppelin rules, yeah. Zeppelin rules. But at least, um, Oh, no, I, I wasn't auto. It was Mo Man's uh, grandma that slept with Lars' <laughs> grandma or something. Yeah. yeah, I used to sleep with Lars's grandma. Lars's grandma. And isn't he, isn't he only like, what, 24? What is that joke? Um, Yeah, 23. Try the bottom thing. I don't know why they keep sleeping. I thought I'd put it back as far as I can. We only got like 15 minutes more okay. endurance, so. Zeppelin rule. Yeah, so he was wearing Metallica. Or, or, I don't know if he was wearing it, but somehow we just started talking. And so I, you know, I took off, right? Stopped listening to my music. And we just talked in that, you know, from Fresno to San Francisco, you go through the, what freeway you take? I don't know what freeway you take. But, I think like the 101 or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was trying to guess, you know, through the, the hills out there. Mm-hmm. And it takes like, what, hour and a half, two hours maybe, something like that? It's like two and a half hours. Two and a half hours? So, so we took the bus and. <laughs> The whole trip, we're just I'm talking. Probably be three hours. Yeah, I mean, unless we got one of those cool bus drivers that speed limits are for clowns. But so, you know, and we just talked the whole way and basically we just buddied up. And I remember on the way there, you know, like I said, we were 26. Well, we were 20. I was, I think we we're about the same age as he was. And uh, we just, we just had a, he was a real easygoing guy, you know, and I'm too stuck up and always trying to criticize everybody. But so we, we got along pretty all right. And I remember on the, as we got to the place, and I think we were heading straight to the Supreme Court. They were going to review a case, and he was just kind of, just kind of see how the background works of it. And so after that, he was going to let us free for like I don't know an hour, hour and a half, and we we're going to be right off the the pier or something. I don't know if you're are you more familiar with San Francisco? You mean like Pier Thirty Nine? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's yeah. that's only the main. Where all, pier? all the all the shops are. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. They kind of let us loose, and so we were going to go there. And, and I remember he, before he left the bus, he says, all right, so you guys are out there and no alcohol. Can't have any alcohol. <laughs> and me and him immediately looked at each other like, we're getting some alcohol. We don't even, you know, we're out there. We don't have to drink. But when you tell me I cannot do something, I'm probably going to do it just just to spite you, you know. Mm-hmm. So we went ahead and, of course, we went. Oh, this is, this is funny. So we went to this pier and people were breaking off and stuff. And me and him were just walking around, checking the sites and stuff. So we go to this restaurant and get some seafood. I don't know what the hell we had. Yeah, I had crab cakes. I never had crab cakes. I never tried crab cakes. So we're, we're chilling out there. And and he goes to the bathroom, right? We have our drinks, of course. And we're checking out the water and stuff. And he goes to the bathroom. And, and he's taking a long time. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking 30 minutes plus. 
And this is I'm I'm not want to talk. I'll take I think I've gotten better now, but I can take a solid <laughs> 20 minutes, you know, no problem. And so he's gone for a, and, and and of course, I barely know the guy and I you know, I barely started to get to know him like and I forgave him for stealing my my style, right? And so I remember going like, did this mother effort like just jit me with the with the uh, with the tab? Like, you mm. know, he just ditched because I mean, it was almost 100 bucks, I think, you know, in a nice restaurant. So so I go to the bathroom to use the bathroom and maybe climb out of a window. And as I'm there, he's washing his hands. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry. You know, I take so long. And he's kind of made excuses so like, oh, me sweating. You know, of course, I'm one of those that don't let on. You know, I'm sweating inside. I'm like, oh, me, man, don't even worry about it. But I'm like, yeah, you better not. So we go and pay. And so so he's just really in the bathroom for a really long he, Yeah, he was legit in there. And, and of course, nowadays, you can use your phone to entertain yourself. But back then, maybe not, you know. I mean, I don't know how smartphones were prevalent. But so that's kind of how we became friends and. You know, he, and he was like, "Hey, man, should, to pay you back because I had already paid at that time." Now that I remember, he's just like, uh, "You know, come by and visit sometime." And so he lived on the on the property, and I don't know if where you were working at, they were soon to be let that guy go. Well, that's you know, we got. We got oh yeah, yeah. There was there was another. Uh, uh, Turn a little more towards me. There was another guy there that um, was like the assistant, and yeah, they were gonna let him go because of um, incompetence. That's one reason, but most of it was money related. <laughs> he, he was, was he was um, skimming off the top. He was falsifying earnings. Oh, so it wasn't like there was more money coming in. He just made it seem like there was. No, he was telling them he worked more hours than he did. I'm trying to remember. I mean, we got paid hourly, right? Yeah. Well, I did, and he did too. What he used to say, he did a lot more. Um, U-Haul <clears throat> rentals, because we got a commission from U-Haul. Oh, okay. And he used to say he got more U-Haul rentals than he really did. And and by the way, that so that property on Shaw, I still remember, it was maybe a year or two afterwards, but that's where they found the guy, somebody, tell that story, that's a cool story. Oh, God, I don't know all the details about it. Um, Go from, like, the manager, oh, that that's my favorite part. Huh? The manager, like, how they found out or whatever. Oh, um, well, there I can't even remember her name. She good, was in good. the news, but um, <laughs> some lady was very upset with her husband or ex-husband or something like that. And she um, she worked in a chem lab, you know, uh, so she knew all of her chemicals and stuff like that. And he like lab was, assistant or something, maybe huh? lab assistant or something, something like that. I'm not completely sure, um, but um but her husband knew something was gonna, was about to happen, and he was actually fearful for his life because of the way he's been interacting with this woman. And he actually, from what I heard, this is all hearsay, by the way. Yeah. From what I heard, um, he actually told somebody like before the weekend before he was killed, disappeared. Disappeared. Yeah. He's like, if if I don't come back, it's because of this, and he told him it's because of my my ex wife. So basically, what she did is. Uh, she got some helper with her to uh, knock him out either. Wasn't it a boyfriend or something? Yeah, boyfriend. I think she, he was supposed to be like her boyfriend, but she was just kind of using him as an accomplice. Ooh, but, Black Widow. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but um, they knocked him out somehow. And while he was still alive, they put him in a vat of acid to dissolve. Oh, I didn't know that. So he was still alive? He was still alive when they put him in the acid. <laughs> How did they determine that, though? You know, that... You know, I'm not really sure. Maybe she said it in confession because 
they, they found it really easily. But the way they found what was going on is, mm. I guess, all of the parts didn't fit in the barrel. <laughs> yeah. So being the incredibly intelligent people that they are, they said, we will throw these away in the dumpster at the storage facility. It's only a couple anyway. Yeah. Well, they, they rented the storage facility to put the vat in. Okay. So they can lock it. Yeah. And let Wait it for dissolve. To, yeah. And then get rid of the evidence. Yeah. But they left evidence behind on their own free will. So it obviously started to smell really bad. And so the... The managers looked in the dumpster, saw human remains, and called the police. <laughs> As one does. And, you you know, they reviewed the footage, you know, because there was lots of cameras there, and were able to pinpoint exactly what happened. And when they found out, she was on a plane to Florida. Cool. So when she got off the plane, she had a militia policeman lying there for Guns her. drawn, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, and she was arrested on the spot and convicted and... We might have to do that for an episode, like follow up on that story. Maybe it's funny because when I when I first started <clears> working there, I was it was like my first day. I was still being trained by the manager, and she asked me if I heard that story, and I hadn't. So she's telling me the story. The, the manager that found her? No, no, the manager that just was training me. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was like two or three managers ahead before her, hmm. but um, she's telling me the story, and she's like, you know, I'm gonna take you to the unit where it is. You know, this, you know. <laughs> So she's like, it was this unit. We usually don't rent it out, you know, for the obvious reasons because people don't want to find out there had been a dead body in there. Do you have to disclose unit. that? I mean, probably. I don't know. There's probably some law about that, but just to get around it, she's like, we don't rent this one. I can't even remember which unit number number was. So she's like, okay, so it's this one. Go ahead and open up the door. I was like, do you got like some mannequin in here that's like all bloody, like hanging from the ceiling? And she's like, no. It's empty, but I like the way you think. That's a really good idea. Yeah, maybe like a stage it, you know, <laughs> like a tourist attraction might as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But she, yeah, she, I opened the door, it's just an empty unit, but she was just like, I like the way your twisted little mind works. <laughs> that would be really funny. Yeah, I'm thinking like, you know, you can make it some kind of animatronic, like where it's a barrel and, you know, like a skeleton pops up. You know, they probably sell those at Spirit. Yeah, huh? every, every holiday. <laughs> yeah. That would be a good, cool kind of thing. Cause, and that's a good question. We brought up like two or three managers. So it was roughly like how long, you know, once you started working there, how long ago, you know, before that was that when that all happened? I'm not sure. I'm a not year? Sure about more than days. a year? Pretty Probably cool. like two or three years. Okay, yeah. Something like that. Not not too bad. But see, and you mentioned that it was two or three managers because like, lightly touch on what is the turnover rate at that place specifically it depends some managers are there and have been for 30 years some managers are there for six months some it, it, that long i don't even see that that long uh, six months yeah so it it really all depends because some some people were like working at the storage facility before that company bought it and they kept them on and they were still working there they're probably retired out of there yeah, and they recently, what was it, earlier this year, I, I texted or emailed you, they opened like a new branch here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I hate to work at that location. It seems like it'd be a terrible location to work at. Yeah, I was going to try to like say where it's at, but I'm like, I'm trying not to pinpoint or date it or nothing, mm -hmm. but actually just yesterday, I forgot why, but I was uh, messing around and on the web, they changed the website, by the way, like now. Oh, have Yeah, if you remember before, each website for each facility, right on the front, it has the manager. And it's like, hey, meet our manager. 
Well, it has a little thumbnail now where it just has a play button. So obviously they're trying to hide it because I mean you get complaints where one because you live on uh, most of them live on the property. Like I live right on, right at the epicenter, I would say, and uh, you know who they are, right? He has like the faces, and that's kind of like for my promo video, I guess. Um, I think I I looked at some, and they all use the same. They might have changed by now, but the same videographer, right? Mm-hmm. They're the same mm-hmm. one. Well, we did it, and uh, I, I had plans for it, too. Like, I remember I set it up, and, and I remember telling the guy, like, uh, I want to do my own thing. One big thing. I don't know. See, this is what, I don't know where my ideas come from, but I want to do, like, a Scooby-Doo type montage. Where I think we were joking about that, and, like, I had said it, and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I totally want to do that. Also, this is obviously one where I stole ideas, because I will do that. I do that to my sister a lot, where it's like, hey, I came up with that or something. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so we did that, and it, it was the the Scooby Doo door gag. Yeah, where you pop in one and you pop out of another one yeah. across the same hallway, and I, I did almost I wanted to do like a sort of uh, play multiple roles, you know, like Eddie Murphy or something. <laughs> like I did the motorcycle back into the garage, but the guy didn't get my upper torso. Like I put on my helmet so like so they won't see like you're just the manager, you know. And I was like, and of course I want to put my bike on there to be all cool. You know? <laughs> that's one of my little identities, bikers. So yeah, so that's kind of um, that's kind of the rough background of how we came to be and you know so we started working at the at the storage and you know we started like how did it feel working for me because that was one of the few times where i felt like i was like oh i'm a manager you know i'm i'm, I'm in charge like i kind of have to you know if something happens i'm kind of re- uh, liable for it or i'm responsible for it you know um it was a, it was actually not too hard working for you especially um, compared to like the other managers like all the, story, to the right? other managers yeah. definitely so the one i was working for um at shaw the the guy you're talking about, his girlfriend, yeah, it was very temperamental. She can come in and be so nice, but as soon as she starts, something goes wrong, and she says, you know, I'm Flies grumpy today. Handle. You're just like, oh, God, where's my helmet? Oh, I hate one of those when they sort of like, they try to like prep you or something. You know, they try to like say, yeah. well, if I tell you I'm this way and I am this way, you can't get mad. Like, no, I'm going to get mad regardless, you know? Yeah, she she was just very temperamental. and um, We're going to have to touch on her like a nice chunk next time because that... Yeah, I, I don't want to, you know, mention any names, no, but it, it's no. funny because I, I see what she's doing now. She's yeah, like, that's that's exactly yeah. what I was thinking. <laughs> it's almost like, like, uh, hey, I used to rob banks, but now, you know, I'm starting my own corporate, um, you know, uh, city bank or something. Yeah, cause she's, like, she's trying to pass herself off as a life coach, and she actually tried to, you know, say, you know, if you ever need any, you know, help. Set on know, the right path. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll offer my services. But I was like, honey... I know you. I know how much of a wreck you are. <laughs> yeah, you can swindle anybody else, but I actually know who you are and all that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's cut it at that, Beth. We're we're right about fifteen minutes, and I think we did a very sloppy job of kind of a background, but kind of established who you know as far as you and I how we connected and stuff like that, and uh, and somehow you still put even you know I said like hey I want to try to do this podcast you're like okay and I was like you didn't even ask what I'm trying to do. Like sure, you know so that takes a lot. And like I say, you invite him to a birthday party, and you know, even then, like honestly, since then I've been kind of going through like this. Almost every day I've been feeling pretty positive. You know, I've been feeling pretty good. And I'm not gonna say that that's what caused it, but it definitely oh, no. contributed to it, or for whatever reason, like I feel all right about it. You know, and other than you know your daughter not letting me play with her toys, you know, like I gave her, a, I bought her this doll. Uh, yeah, but she she brought you like a cup of something from her kitchen. You know what? And and I gave her props because she got the little kitchen set up and she was cooking up a storm for everybody. <laughs> her my my best friend who's been my best friend for twenty years and have been around her whole life. She yeah. would not give her anything. 
Maybe because she knew like she knew who the chef was and she knew that was a band-aid in one and fingernails. <laughs> and she she wanted to give her something, you know, special or something like that. But I, yeah, I remember me and your friend were talking and she kept sort of like like, oh, what like because she hasn't been around, you know, because of the whole I'm not gonna date it either, but there's a whole deal that's never to happen right now. But um yeah, she did give me some drink. So that's kind of my critique of that, you know, her my Yelp review where she was cooking up pretty steadily, so I gave her props. She was running out of the kitchen. I don't know if you watch the cooking shows, but, you know, the guy was like, yes, yeah, chef, her chef is like, uh, I need scrambled eggs with uh, bacon, vegan, oh, whatever. It's like, yes, yeah, chef, her chef, and then they get the order down. Mm-hmm. She was going to get, and she was running solo, and she was serving it. So, yeah, props to her. She gave me the drink, uh, I, I, and I could see the kitchen, so she didn't spike it. But the only <laughs> thing is, like, she never refilled my cup, but, you know, it still worked out good. Hey, she's four. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she, and she just got the kitchen. She just opened the restaurant. Well, the first, yeah. re, you know, most restaurants fell in the, what, first six months? So hopefully within that six months, it'll pick up. Yeah, yeah hopefully she'll still be playing with it. <laughs> yeah, that's the biggest thing with kids. Huh? All right, Beth, so thanks a lot for, you know, putting up with my nonsense. And uh, let's you know, see how this does and try it again next time. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, hopefully next time be a little bit more organized. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to dangle my poor boom arm. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Alright, see All right, ya. Goodbye. So that was my first episode, very first episode of Jive as Alien. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Give you a real quick rough summary of what's gonna be about. Just basically me trying to, you know, find my place in the world, trying to see uh, I think of myself um as like a marble you know, you're trying to discover the, the goodness underneath, I guess, versus a painting where you're applying good qualities. And for some reason, my negativity tends to interject with that. But I'm trying to, you know, deal with my depression, anxiety, to try to un- uncover who I really am. And, you know, we c- you just accept myself. And I hope some people get some laughs out of it or just, you know, get ideas of how they, they're better than than what they think they are. You know, we're, we're too negative. We're too... Um, critical of ourselves so just sit back enjoy and uh can't wait to bring you guys some more content for now you can check me out on jive as alien on instagram where i'll keep try to keep everybody posted as far as uh, upcoming episodes i'm looking to do every two weeks or so but any feedback would be greatly appreciated and i definitely appreciate every one of you guys giving me a give me a listen all right thanks